Hi, it's Reverend Kurt Condra at Unity on the North Shore in Evanston, Illinois. Unity offers positive, practical, and progressive teachings that support spiritual evolution and abundant living. You can join us for our weekly Sunday service at 1030 in these days of sequestering. It's by Zoom. Uh, so please visit our website at www.unityns.org and register for the Zoom link. If you missed the service, you can also see the video version of our Sunday lessons on our YouTube channel, Unity North Shore. Again, visit us at our website, www.unityns.org, to see the many ways in which we're creating connection in this time of physical distancing. God bless. We're, we're in the midst of a series that I've called Taking Risks and Pursuing Greatness. And if you happen to register online, you might have noticed that the graphic that illustrates this kind of this theme for the month was uh, one of the uh, goldfish jumping out of a bowl, sort of leaving the safety of the bowl in the water. And the, it's caught in midair. And we don't see where it's going. We have no idea if it's jumping to another pool of water or it's off the edge of the side. And I sort of feel like that is a beautiful kind of um, allegory for where we are right now, certainly in spiritual community. You know, we've, uh, we took the leap when we had to 14 months ago to get into the Zoom environment, um, and, and that's kind of where we are, and now we're working toward a hybrid kind of experience so that there are a few of us back in service here getting ready for a return to face-to-face, -face, for those of you who feel comfortable with that, for a face-to-face -face experience here in church. So it's sort of like we took one leap, and now we're in midair. We don't know exactly what that's going to look like when we're back together in church, but, but we know it's coming, right? And, and um, I love that we've sort of had the courage to, to, to set a new trajectory. And we know at another level for our community, that's also true because those of you who were a part of the annual meeting back in January will remember that the voting members approved putting the property up for sale. So that trajectory is another one, sort of we're leaping and we don't quite know what that's going to look like at the other side. Um, but what we do know is that with the faith to believe in ourselves, as Bobby so beautifully articulated here, that um, the, the highest and, and next best step for us is unfolding. So I love that we're sort of in this space of really taking risks and being willing to kind of stand out and stand up for our faith. Um, also, just to kind of quickly revisit, it is a beautiful kind of articulation of our, our principles, right? That we, the board, had discerned the purpose of Unity on the North Shore, sort of reinvigorating the energy that we have around why we exist on the planet, what ours to do is as a spiritual community. And uh, as Pat mentioned earlier on, um, we create a safe space for um, to take risks, for us individually to take risks, for us to collectively take risks, so that we can live our deepest truth, right? So that creating a safe space is, is the environment where we have the courage and the willingness and the strength to sort of leap out of the goldfish bowl and be present next. The board has also articulated or defined how it is that we do that. And those are the five principles that Pat articulated as well. The first of those is about inclusivity. 
over the last couple of weeks, I, the ones that I've been suggesting we use for that is an upgrade to the golden rule. So that it's not just about sort of acknowledging that there's a diversity of folks here present, but it's about really including ourselves, including one another in the choices and the decisions and the energy that we're creating together. So it's not just treating someone how I think they would like to be treated or how I would like to be treated but it's like to really stand in another's shoes and imagine what it would be like. There's a level of empathy required to, to treat them as they would like to be treated. So this beautiful way of sort of bringing this inclusivity into creating the safe space that, that we're about at Unity on the North Shore. And then the next one was to be encouraging about exploring spiritual principles. And that's been kind of a foundational premise in Unity um, since its foundings. Many of us, when we first got here, um, we, we came out of traditions where um, we weren't necessarily encouraged to question. We didn't really ask questions of, you know, it sort of we, we took it on faith. We, did, we maybe articulated a creed that... that that meant that, but in unity, we really encourage you to go more deeply, to question those principles. You know, I'll never preach that this is what you need to do and believe in your lives. I'll share my own experience, I'll share some examples, and invite you to discern what the truth is that is arising and emerging from your own heart. So it's always about sort of encouraging a spiritual exploration. And sort of embedded in that is an assumption that over the course of our lives, over the course of our spiritual journey, that we're gonna to continue to evolve. Our understanding is going to change, even, even day to day as we learn and grow in our spiritual capacity to believe in ourselves, to trust in spirit's guidance, to embody the powers that are within us, the innate divine powers within us. That, that's an evolving process. So this exploration of spiritual ideas and principles is something that, <clears throat> It's not just something that we step into immediately upon discovering unity, but it's a way in which we grow and evolve throughout our spiritual journey and throughout our, our earthly lifetimes even. So this week, what we're going to dive into is a third of those hows, how we create safe space to take risks. And that's by embracing innovative possibilities. Um, we all know the story of, of Joseph and his dream coat. I, was, I have this great shirt that I usually wear, and I forgot to wear that this morning, the Technicolor dream coat, to sort of invoke that, that sort of idea of greater possibilities. And you'll recall that Joseph was born of Jacob, born to Jacob in his elder years, and Joseph was the youngest of 12 sons. The 11 that came before, Jacob made no bones about really favoring Joseph above all his other sons. Um, he even created this beautiful coat and sort of lauded praise on the young Joseph, uh, much to the chagrin of his 11 older brothers. And the 11 older brothers kind of got to be resentful about that. And Joseph, frankly, didn't make it any easier on himself. He, uh, he, was, he didn't hesitate to share a couple of dreams that he had where um, it just sort of exacerbated this, you know, this favorite son, favored son kind of status that had been sowed upon him. In the first dream, he and his, 12, his 11 brothers are out cutting sheaves of grain in the fields. And in this dream, Joseph is quick to tell his brothers about it, the sheaf that Joseph had cut stood up, stood proudly, and the 11 other sheaves that his brothers had, had cut, um, they all bowed down to him. So that sort of increased the, <laughs> the level of tension that was happening between the brothers, and, and, um, and Joseph was kind of oblivious to that, apparently, because he had a second dream, 
that he also shared with the family. And in this dream, it wasn't just his 11 brothers, but it also was the mother and father. Joseph dreamed that the sun, the moon, and 11 stars were bowing down to him. And this one, even Jacob, his father, kind of got riled about, right? This was just Joseph stepping out um, way above and beyond uh, the, the sort of Hamley hierarchy that, that was expected of him. Um, and what I'd like us to, I want to stop there, just stop there. We'll get back to the Joseph story in a minute. Uh, and sort of dig into how that is reflected in our own life experiences. Think about the spaces in your own life where you have been um, sort of encouraged or, or, or prompted or urged from within to pursue a possibility to the, that otherwise you might not ha have thought of, right? For many of us, um, we don't reach for those possibilities. They, they don't engage in our spirits strictly from the rational thinking mind, right? Joseph had to dream. These came to him from either his subconscious or superconscious, is what Unity would call sort of the spiritual dimension. But they arose from um, an intelligence that wasn't his own sort of human understanding egoic mind. Um, and the same is true for us. Uh, that's how we know whether we're really being engaged, whether we're really sort of in, engaging with an in innovative possibility or if we're maybe just sort of going along with, um, with an expectation out of the normal sort of physical realm. Um, I think a beautiful example of this is Sal Khan. Sal Khan was uh, a math genius. At the age of 21, he had already earned three degrees from MIT. And the common wisdom around him at that point, he was being recruited by all kinds of hedge fund managers. And so it was just sort of naturally assumed that he would move into hedge funds. And in fact, that's what he did. And uh, he even started his own hedge fund. And it was um, a pretty massive failure. <laughs> he lost tons and tons of money. Um, but what he recognized as he sort of went through that, that sort of intellectual um, progression of what his next step was going to be after earning these degrees, what he recognized is that's not really what was most alive in his heart, right? So if we're really looking at divine possibilities, they generally start with, with the heart. There's a wisdom of the heart. There's a feeling. There's an excitement. There's a passion around that, a glimmer of idea. Um, and, and what he realized, what Sal realized in that point, uh, was that he really had a passion for um, helping others to, to gain knowledge and to learn about mathematical principles. And so he started creating these lessons that he would be posting online. And out of that was born the Khan Academy. Um, most of you may know that the Khan Academy is a nonprofit organization. Um, the common wisdom back when he was first starting it was that he ought to make it a for-profit company. And something in his heart, um, you know, it, was, it went against all, like, this is what's happening here, right? He had to sort of quiet what was happening up here. The voices from without, the people that were saying, you're going to be a billionaire, you need to follow that dream, make it a, make it a for-profit company. But what he understood from the wisdom of his heart was that he, if he were to go down that path, that at some point he would have to compromise his principles and wouldn't be able to make these lessons available free. Um, so he, he struggled for about a year at least, sort of really um, um, providing all of the seed money to launch the company in that first year. And today, over 20 million students around the world, around the planet, 
turned to Khan Academy for these math lessons. The, the gift that arose out of his ability and his capacity to follow that sort of divine potential, to follow that, um, that in, to embrace that innovative possibility has been immense. The same is true. Let's, I'm going to move now back to, uh, no, one other thing. Here's the other one thing I want to say about sort of possibilities. The other piece, especially around this Salcon example, is that um, part of the language that we've used in articulating this how for Unity on the North Shore, I love it because it doesn't say that we're going to embrace, um, we're going to embrace innovative solutions, right? Because solutions automatically, if we're going to create a safe space, what we've got to do is sort of take out the element of fear, or as much of the element of fear, or not being able to accomplish, or not being able to succeed, or being made fun of, or we, if we take that, f that, that failure aspect out, then it becomes a safe space, right? So we're encouraging the exploration of these possibilities. It's not simply... <clears throat> about creating solutions or successes. It's about embracing the possibilities along the way. Um, and as I was thinking about it, I'm like, I was thinking, I wonder why or what, what would be different if we had articulated it as that we were going to embrace innovative failures, right? Like, what is that? Because in some ways, then that really takes away the fear of not succeeding, right? If it's to embrace, then I realize that, okay, well, we don't want to be affirming or embracing actual failures. <laughs> That's not really unity theology either. So I love that we've come up with this idea of possibilities because it leaves open that space that we can pursue ideas, we can pursue opportunities that, that actually might not work and that we reward that behavior. We reward the embracing and the engaging of those ideas because we trust and understand that as we engage with them, as we pursue them, there's greater good that's emerging out of them, right? That's, that's sort of how the whole Joseph story transpires. We're not gonna do the whole story today. I'll, I'll let you know that. But So back to the Joseph story um, because I think there's some more that illustrates how it is that we can move into a space of really embracing these opportunities, these innovative ideas, these innovative possibilities. Um, if you remember, Joseph brothers, remember we've got, Joseph has had these great dreams that everybody's bowing down to him, his whole family is sort of subservient to him and they're not pleased about it. They're pretty ticked off about the whole thing. And what we know as we follow along the Joseph story is that they are out, the brothers are all out um, tending sheep at some point. And uh, Joseph is sent by his father to go locate them and find them. Well, they're out sort of in a wilderness area, and the brothers are seething. Here comes that know-it-all brother, the big shot who know, who's, whose grandiose ideas are, are that, that he's much better than the rest of us. And so they're seething about that. And they end up um, actually throwing him in a pit. Uh, and eventually he's rescued from the pit and sold into slavery. But that's sort of the Joseph idea. And I want to sort of stop here and pinpoint um, what's happening because it happens with us. Uh, as we start to really um, embrace the kinds of innovative opportunities, as we really start to engage with that stuff, what, what happens is that the 11 brothers um, rise up in our minds, right? Remember I said we start here in our hearts. It's the wisdom of our heart. It's the sensation. It's the feeling. It's the passion that arises out of the heart. And what we want to move to is a, is a, a point where from our heart, we're connected with, with the, the out there. We're connected with the divine, with the cosmos. We're connected with the power of spirit. But somehow those two have to be aligned with what's happening in here. 
And what's happening in here very often for most of us is the 11 brothers, the chattering of the jealousies, the 11 brothers, the it's not going to work, the this is going to fail, this is, you don't have enough resources, you don't, whatever there is, a yammer, 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 this head stuff. Um, as long as that's in between the this in our heart and the this in spirit, we're going to be frustrated. It's never going to, it's never going to be free to sort of allow that to come through. So what we really need to do is be able to find a space that we can start to quiet that. It may not ever go completely silent, but certainly to quiet the yammering that's happening in here, to quiet the questioning, to quiet all of the, the, the cultural wisdom, to quiet all the stuff that we think we know that's just yak, 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 and gets in the way of the inspiration and the guidance that's going to move us out into really embracing possibilities that, that are truly divine, that truly move us forward on the path. So I want to share with you an example, and I, I haven't cleared this with him. <laughs> so Clay, um, just know that you, you are free to participate at whatever level in this that you want to. But um, one of these kind of, um, uh, 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 I keep forgetting my language around it, the, one of the embracing of innovative possibilities really happened uh, a little over a year ago uh, when Clay Lindner, who is now serving as a representative, a youth representative on our board, came to us with this idea. And um, he had first proposed it to Kate, our youth ed director, and she asked about it. And um, so I, I sort of gave it a cursory kind of thought and went straight here, right? The yakking in my mind. Oh, it's been tried before. It's been done before. Um, a high school kid, the first financial report, they're going to be bored. They'll check out. High school kids, you can't really count on them. All these reasons that like... So what, I, what we resolved was that, oh, he'd be welcome to come to a board meeting anytime and present the youth perspective. That was not what was in Clay's heart. <laughs> and um, he persisted with, uh, w with, this, uh, w with this innovative kind of possibility about um, having a youth perspective on our board. And let me tell you, I am so thankful that, that he pursued with it. Okay, Clay, can you kind of, I'm inviting him up and I'm wanting to sort of acknowledge his contributions to our board over this past year and a half because I know he graduates next year. Uh, or next year, next week, right? Yeah, it's next, next week, week next is week. the graduation stuff. Um, if you're going to talk, can we get to this? <laughs> yep. Okay, so Kay, uh, Clay has also been vaccinated. In addition to all he does with church and with school and with swimming team, um, he, he or swimming team, he's, a, he's actually a lifeguard, right? So as part of your work there, you got in the vaccination line. Yeah, I got vaccinated back in... February, actually, so I was way ahead of the curve. Uh, uh, yeah, and that's true in a lot of ways, actually. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so just an amazing voice um, who has been um, just incredibly fruitful in terms of his contribution to um, our board work over this past year. Um, he, he has been um, courageous in sharing his views and his perspective. He has been so generous in terms of like, um, well, my gosh, he, be, he built a computer to replace one of mine that was not doing well. He's very involved with the live stream team. That's what he's here now doing um, and is one of our go-to folks when there's a tech thing that goes wrong. It's Clay that pretty much steps in um, to help us out with that. Um, and let's see, one of the other pieces was we decided over the winter that we were not going to pay to have the parking lot plowed. Uh, and we're able to save a bunch of money just in salting costs. 
and Clay started a business, right? The Wildcat Workers? Yep, Wildcat Workers. We uh, high schoolers that kind of do odd jobs. So, you know, little things like moving. And during the winter, we did a lot of shoveling. And, um, yeah, we shoveled the, the sidewalks for the, the church. So to, you know, keep with Evanston's uh, rules and stuff. We shoveled and uh, salted every, every single time it snowed, no matter if it was, you know, a couple inches or, you know, 18, as we saw in February. Yeah. Oh, and Evan's here, too. He was probably on that snow yep, Evan, as well. Evan yeah. helped me a ton. So, so a um, shout out just to him. amazing gifts that um, because he had the strength and perseverance to really um, propose this in a beautiful way. And so we have had this youth representative position on uh, the board of trustees for the last year and a half. Um, it's not a voting member position, but Clay has been there for pretty much every, I think every meeting. Every single meeting. Every yep. single meeting in the last year and a half. Um, and has had some amazing input and with his wildcat workers saved us about five grand on salting costs this last year. So just beautiful, beautiful ways in which an innovative possibility has become a reality for unity on the North Shore. And um, Clay, since you are graduating next week, um, I just wanted to acknowledge you and make sure that the congregation had a chance to really see you. And if you're there, um, clap, do your thumbs up, do your waving in the hands, whatever it is that you can do uh, to express your love and See, we know you have been uh, um, accepted and you have uh, enrolled now in Indiana yep. University. So Indiana, Indiana University now. Bloomington. Be studying, uh, I'm not really sure what I'll end up with. I'll probably change my major about six times. But right now I'm thinking uh, economics and finance. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm really keeping my options open. So bold possibilities and wonderful example of um, sort of staying true to what's in your heart and what sort of spirit is guiding you into. Thank you so much. Thank you. Do elbow thing. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So with that, um, what I'd like to do is move us into a time of meditation um, where we can affirm that that sort of heart-divine-mind connection with human-mind kind of aligned. So to set set an energy for us, Dennis is going to... um, to uh, serenade us. I'm going to grab a chair here. I would invite you to, what, however it is that you can become most receptive to spirit within you, however it is that you become most grounded and present to the divine, I invite you to do whatever adjustments you might need to now. Begin by just focusing your attention on your physical body. If there's any areas of tension or tightness, just go ahead and flex a little bit, ground a little bit. And a couple more of those deep cleansing breaths that Kent described. As we become fully present, we recognize that We are most receptive to the urgings of spirit, to the wisdom of our own hearts, as we can tune in. As you focus on your heart, I invite you to just 
open heart and mind to a greater awareness of Spirit's presence in and around you. We know Spirit is available to us at every level of being and dimension. So if what you notice is just kind of a physical presence, an energy, a vibration in your physical body, then that's wonderful. That's a wonderful entry point. Or if what you're aware of is maybe the beauty of the sounds around you, Dennis is playing or seems like on these Zoom calls there are a lot of folks who have birds singing in the background. If there are other sounds in your environment, just notice those. And begin to incorporate those into a greater sense of the whole that enfolds you and surrounds you. Each of us is a part of a divine oneness, an expansive wholeness. And as we center ourselves in that awareness, perhaps you begin to notice that there is an experiential component to this meditative experience that transcends any um, physical dimension. It's a dimension of mind, of imagination, of soul, of spirit. And however it is that you picture that dimension, however it is that you visualize it or feel it or sense it, Imagine that that sense is now reconnecting with the wonderful energy of your heart. That you're bringing together the very wisest of the knowing within you with the most enlightened aspect of your spiritual beingness. And in that connection, we affirm that all of the thinking and believing that can sometimes distract us in the busyness of mind quiets and aligns. I invite you to just picture this alignment of wisdom of heart moving through what we know to be true in our earthly life experience. And ultimately what goes out and is true in the absolute, in the allness, in the very beingness that is all of life, that that's one smooth, brilliant, bright boulevard of light. And for just a moment, rest in that. Rest in that sense of wholeness. And trust that it's healing and renewing and restoring and inspiring. Renewing your sense of vitality and your awareness of your oneness with all that is. For just a moment, we'll rest in the quiet of that and allow yourself to experience it as fully as possible through whatever senses are most accessible to you. In the quiet, 
Know this brilliant oneness. gently now as we begin to bring this meditation to a close I invite you to just extend any sense of peace or love or harmony or light whatever energy that you're feeling extend that out beyond self to an inclusive wholeness an inclusive dimension of all that is for no, we know in truth that we are one with all that is and light and love and the energy of our hearts shall lead us. So it is and so we let it be. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider leaving us a review. And if you'd like to support the ministries of Unity on the North Shore, you can text the word GIVE, G-I-V-E, to 815-827-6052. Again, text GIVE to 815-827-6052. Or visit us online and click the donate button www.unityns.org. You'll also find there a complete menu of offerings for sort of remote and distance learning through this time of sequestering. God bless you. And again, thanks for joining.